Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Friday evening. Be sure and stay with us because coming up in just a moment, it is FM Pride Week. There is a youth drag show happening tonight in Fargo. Many have been reaching out to me. We're going to tell you more about that in just a moment. But I got to start here because also a lot of you reaching out to me saying, Berg, what in the world is going on? Why is President Trump acquiescing or giving in to the liberal agenda when it comes to gun control? He's been talking a lot about universal background checks, the red flag laws, and many of you are having your red flags, pun intended, go up when he starts communicating like that. So I want to share a story with you real quickly from CBS about President Trump. He was leaving today for New York for some fundraisers, some of the comments he met, uh, made on the way to Marine One, but also in this story, Listen closely to what Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says. I told you last night, I said, guys, remember, it's election season. They're going to look to get something passed so they can go back to their constituents and go, hey, look, at least we did something. It may not solve the problem, but I did something, so I deserve to be reelected. And sure enough, Mitch McConnell shows all of his cards like he always does in this comment. Here's more from CBS. President Trump says he's working the phones to drum up support for new gun control measures with Democrats and Republicans in Congress. I think with a lot of success that we have, I think I have a greater influence now over the Senate and over the House. I think we can get something really good done. The president says Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is fully on board with the need for new gun control measures. And in a radio interview Thursday, McConnell says he's begun bipartisan talks to figure out which laws can actually pass a divided Congress. Background checks and uh, red flags would probably lead the discussion, but uh, a lot of other things will come up as well. But what we can't do is is fail to fail to pass something. But McConnell says nothing will be done until after the Senate's August recess, despite calls from Democrats to reconvene Congress now. President Trump has also had multiple phone calls with Wayne LaPierre, the head of the National Rifle Association. Well, we'll see where the NRA will be. But we have to have meaningful background checks. In a statement Thursday, LaPierre said, quote, the NRA opposes any legislation that unfairly infringes upon the rights of law-abiding citizens and called gun control proposals currently being floated soundbite solutions. I think in the end, Wayne and the NRA will either be there or maybe will be a little bit more neutral. And that would be okay, too. A senior administration official says the president realizes he needs to back some form of gun control, even if the NRA doesn't get on board. Katherine Johnson, CBS News, the White House. You can tell there are a lot of pressure right now on President Trump trying to get something done. Of course, the big question is, is that something going to actually make a difference? And that's why you see the comment there from Senator Mitch McConnell going, hey, look, the one thing that he said for certain is that we can't fail to pass something. We'll see what that something ends up being. But more importantly for you, what I want to know is, hey, how do you feel about President Trump coming out and supporting what it sounds like universal background checks? Many of you that have been uh, reaching out to me are not very happy with that. So please share your point of view about universal background checks as well as the red flag laws. As you know, we had a big conversation here in North Dakota about that. Uh, one night we had the West Fargo police chief here as well as Fargo police chief talking about it. And, you know, it can if you get labeled wrong, how do you go and defend yourself? We talked about that conversation. I mean, that's where many people are, are concerned about, hey, look, I haven't done anything yet. I haven't done anything, and you're going to go and strip me of my Second Amendment. That obviously poses a lot of problems, especially in a state like North Dakota. All right, as I mentioned a moment ago, coming up tonight around 8 o'clock, there's going to be a youth 
drag show here in Fargo. Should we call ourselves now Fargo Frisco, maybe? But this is happening tonight. It's a youth pride drag show. Many reaching out to a Berg. What in the world is going on here? What are we talking about exactly? So just so you know, we did reach out to the FM Pride group and invited some of them to join us tonight on the show. I want to share with you their response to us via email. Here's what they had to say. Producer Josh reached out. They said, hey, thank you for the invitation to come on the show. As you know, we're a 100% volunteer-based organization, and most have full-time jobs on top of volunteering. And since our events are now in full swing, we wonder if anyone would be free to be able to come on the show. They also go on to say, also to answer your question, because what many of you are asking me is, hey, Berg, is this nine-year-olds? Is this 15-year-olds? What exactly is going on here? They said, to answer your question, the Youth Pride Drag Show is an all-ages so to me, that means pretty much anybody, all ages, family-friendly event, allowing everyone to experience what a drag show is all about and features local drag performers. The all ages aspect of the show is that it is family-friendly and open to everyone of all ages and not necessarily that youth, whatever that means, will be performing. So for me, that gives me clarity that, okay, it means anybody, anybody can show up from basically a day old to however old you want to be, but as far as the performing aspect, because I think what, what has, is getting a lot of people not happy is you see some of these stories about, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds getting dressed up in drag and then actually performing, sexualizing themselves at that age, to me is a big, big, absolute no. And so we did reach out to also Representative Josh Boshe. As you know, he's the first openly gay legislator here in the great state of North Dakota. He's also been on the planning committee for this uh week, if you will, FM Pride Week. So we asked him, hey, Josh, so what does this mean? Who exactly is going to be performing? Producer Josh reached out to him, said this specifically. Could you tell me if kids are participating in the drag show or is youth drag show just meaning it's family friendly? Representative Boucher came back to us and said, hey, it's a family friendly show. I think you can interpret that how you choose. It's a family friendly show. Performers are all over the age of eight since most venues obviously that have drag shows there's alcohol they wanted to allow it so that 18 year olds and above could perform in this event i think for a lot of people even 18 is a little like i know they can serve in our military i get it even 18 though to so hey it's okay to go serve in a drag show for some of you may be questionable but just so you know tonight at seven o'clock so this kicks off at eight o'clock and you know roughly over an hour Tonight at 7 o'clock, and I'll get to this pride guide in just a moment. Tonight at 7 o'clock, there's a counter protest taking place at Island Park to say, hey, we are not fans of a quote unquote youth drag show and making it a family friendly event. Let's bring up this pride guide if you one more time. One thing, guys, I'm not going to get into this tonight. And and I want to encourage all of you, all of you to take a few moments. Go to that website, fmpride.com forward slash pride guide forward slash and just take a peek through each one of the pages. That's all I'm going to say, and I'm going to leave it at that. And please share your point of view with us about how do you feel about a youth pride drag show here in what I'm going to dub tonight to have some fun, Fargo, Frisco. Please share your point of view with us. All right, this week there was Minnesota Farm Fest, and as we all know, our farmers right now are going through some very tumultuous very challenging times economically, emotionally, all those things. Secretary of Ag Sonny Perdue was there. According to Secretary Perdue and Chairman Peterson, who's the chairman of the House Ag Committee, he puts this on pretty much every year, been there every year at least. He said this is the biggest audience 
he's ever seen. So part of that, you might want to pay tribute to Sonny Purdue, but part of that is obviously because of the anguish and the angst that you're feeling in our A community right now. And boy, when you watch the actual meeting, did Secretary Purdue get an earful after President Trump announced he's going to be adding the 10% tariffs on China for another $300 billion of goods? China came back and said, okay, you want to play this game, this chess game, if you will, then we're not going to buy any more, any more U.S. ag products, thus creating more angst within our ag community. So I want to share with you a little bit about uh, what Secretary Purdue and Chairman Peterson had to say during Minnesota and also a lot of farmers listen closely this is the piece from wcco down in minneapolis but i think some of the farmers standing up you hear so much about uh, how president trump says all the farmers are great patriots what they're doing obviously to sacrifice uh, some of their profits right now to help us negotiate with china but you can tell the farmers are the fuses let's just say are getting shorter and shorter and you can hear what some of the farmers had to say in the story from wcco I'm going to address the elephant in the room, the trade agreements. In front of hundreds of concerned farmers, Secretary Purdue listened to how a trade war with China has impacted businesses and families in Minnesota. The challenges we're facing is you know, President Trump is, is trying hard to make these trade deals, but you know, some of the rhetoric, farmers are starting to do great again. We're not starting to do great again. Things are going downhill and downhill very quickly. The time to be bold is right now because a lot of farmers are going to lose their livelihood. I see a lot of pain from the 2nd Congressional District of Minnesota, and I don't see a strategy in sight from the administration. After the listening session, Secretary Purdue met with the media and said the administration would like to have good faith negotiations with China, but the ball is essentially in China's court. We want to continue talks. President Trump would love to have trade resolution, but you can't deal with a nation, the number two world, uh, world economy, that cheats and steals. Secretary Purdue says the two countries were about 90% done with the deal this spring before talks fell apart. Now it appears China is digging in for the long term. The country is the world's largest buyer of soybeans, and Purdue is hoping that the administration's billions of dollars in trade aid to U.S. farmers helps them through this trade war. Again, there's no other intended plans there. The $16 billion market facilitation program is the plan for 2019. What the president's done through the market facilitation, I think, is the best we can do in order to help farmers survive. In Morgan, John Lordson, WCCO 4 News. There's more to the story that have been, has been talked about. Some of the farmers also stood up and said, look, you know, and they, they said this in a much nicer way, but they were like, look, so many people across America right now, they just don't understand ag. I mean, you still have people that I think honestly believe that milk comes from a carton. They didn't say that. Those are my words. But that they don't understand ag enough. And then they see these billions of dollars in these aid packages going out. And it sort of diminishes some of the other aid that farmers have gotten in the past or with crop insurance or whatnot. So it makes it look like farmers are just there with their hands out. Farmers don't want that identity. As we all know, farmers want trade, not aid. So that's the other piece of the pie that's starting to get people in the ag community uh, more and more upset. And it's now starting to show in support for President Trump. I don't know if you've heard of an organization or a company called Morning Consult, but they recently came out with some more polling data about President Trump in North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota. And let's just say his numbers are going in this direction as far as when it comes to support. I mean, down double digits in North Dakota, down double digits in South Dakota, and down in Minnesota as well. Is it going to change how that state votes for president? Probably not. But you can see the support try starting to have some cracks in it because people are saying, okay, we've shown patience, but now it's time to get these markets back. And 
many people are saying, who knows when and if we will get some of these markets back. So please share your point of view with us on what you heard there from Secretary Purdue, what I'm sure you've also probably read about what took place at the Minnesota Farm Fest this week. It's very easy to share your point of view with us. All right, big event coming up later on in the month of August right here in our community. It's going to be a big uh, Christian concert, really Toby Mac, some great artists are showing up. So recently we sat down and the reason they're having this event, it's called Thrive Fest. They're having this event because they want to go out and raise money to fight against human trafficking. It is one of the most evil, worst things on the planet. And yet the reality is that stuff is happening right here in our community. So I recently sat down with the executive director of Thrive Fest to talk more about the issue at hand, but also what we can do to go out and have a good time at this Thrive Fest event and support them to end human trafficking. David, welcome to Point of View. Great Thanks. to have you here in studio. Big Thrive Fest concert taking place in August. Uh, what's happening and why are you doing this? Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. It's a big outdoor music festival. We're going to be up at the Horse Park this year, bringing in some great guest artists to do it. And we have a great family-friendly event for the entire family with a lot of great features beyond just the music. Uh, A1 Monster Trucks, USA one monster trucks will be there and just some fun activities for kids and food trucks and camping opportunities but some artists that are coming in that i think many people are familiar with and we're very excited about uh, doing this for this region of the country so what's the mission of the event like why this event what are you trying to achieve well rising hope foundation uh, is a foundation in uh, in this region that is building homes to rescue young ladies from human trafficking the human trafficking issue has grown tremendously and it's here and it's in our backyard and we need to do something. And so we're working hard to do this and through Rising Hope Foundation and Dave and Vicki Leckie who founded it um, have this passion to see these ranches or these homes built. And so we've started the first one. It's under construction now in the Brainerd area and uh, to rescue people out of this uh, horrible, horrible uh, situation. So you said it's in our backyard. I think it's hard to fathom that it's here. So how pervasive is it here in the valley or our yeah. community? Yeah, it, it's almost on any area in the country is untouched now by it. There, it's hit everywhere, and I can't tell you specific numbers for us just here, but I can tell you globally, it is a uh, one of the highest um, revenue generating industries. Wow. Uh, over $32 billion a year, and that is, you put Google, Starbucks, and Nike together, and combined, they don't reach that. And so it's that, it's that bad and that pervasive, and it, it has touched us here. We have people here who have become victims of human trafficking. So thus, this event, if you can tell us uh, again when it is and what's mm -hmm. going on, so people can, can go get tickets, where they can get sure. tickets of what you want to do here is bring them out, raise some money, raise awareness, and then go out and build these ranches or, or buildings, correct, for these young women? Right, they're, they're homes and ranches where they will reside. The first one will accommodate eight young ladies. And so what we're doing with Thrive Fest is to create this family-friendly atmosphere, as I said. It's a concert. Our One of our big guest artists coming in this year is Toby Mac. And then we have some others, Torn Wells, JJ Weeks, uh, Zealand Worship, Jackie Velasquez, who's been around for a while. and. Uh, we're trying to generate awareness of what we're doing through this avenue and hoping that uh, people will get on board with us and understand that this is an important uh, aspect, an important uh, thing that we can connect to. It's going to speak to the hearts of some yeah. people. Great stuff. Thank you for being here. I'm glad what you're yeah, doing. Well, thank and you so much. Raising the awareness to, hey, we've got an issue. 
let's solve the problem. Obviously a very important event you can see here, Thrive Fest North, August 23rd through the 25th. So just Google Thrive Fest North. Get yourself some tickets, enjoy some great uh, Christian music, and make a difference at the same time.